the value of God's presence. Uh, our text deals with an act of faith. Often we don't exercise acts of faith in a supernatural way until we have to. We really do like to take the, uh, the easy road. We really do like to take the shortcut. Anybody with me? I uh, was uh, the other day, uh, Sharon was in the car, and uh, I travel around the community more than she does, and, and I knew at that particular stoplight that you have to time it. I think that's God's will. And I, I timed it, and it just turned red, and I was the two blocks away, but there is a shortcut through there, and I took the shortcut. I didn't turn to Sharon and say, may I take this shortcut? Uh, I just took it. She said, where in the world are you going now? I said, trust me. She said, where in the world are you going now? So I'm taking a little shortcut right through here. Now, the problem with that shortcut, it's a little bumpy, you know, but I mean, it's worth the bump. Well, some of us like taking. Why? Why should I just wait there when I can get from here to there in much, much less time? I look at uh, the message tonight. It is Joshua. He's called upon as the point man. The Old Testament reveals to us individuals, numerous individuals that God's anointing was on. And uh, as you read about those in the Old Testament, that God calls out. Those are the ones that God divinely anointed to lead during that period of time. Joshua was one of those individuals. God called him to act on his faith. He called him to destroy and conquer. Not a happy mission. And he called on him to do the extreme at God's directive. Now, I don't wake up every day and say, God, I'd like for you to do the extreme through me today. God, I, I, I don't, I'm not asking you to do something that, if you don't mind, that's going to cause me a whole lot of pain. Anybody with me out there? I'm saying, God, thy will be done. And we often mean that until we find out that thy will be done might bring us a little problem. We understand that. Our message deals with the triumph of faith. I like and relate to faith this way of the hyssop plant is grown in Israel, can grow 12 to 14 feet. The roof, root of it is only a half inch long. And uh, it survives on air, dirt, particles, moisture, just a half inch long. It clings to whatever it can cling to. And if the root is dislodged by some way, just that much root, that plant dies, no matter how, 12, 14 feet. It has a tenacious life as long as the root is engaged. Our faith, of course, has to be engaged with that kind of tenacity in Almighty God. Now, if I were to ask you today, how much faith did you have to exercise living out this day? Probably most of you would say, well, you know, I didn't have to have faith to get in the car and crank right up. Didn't have to have faith, you know, to get dressed. That, that was pretty routine. And didn't have to have faith. The lunch was, you know, it's a 
beautiful Sundayest hot dog day, and there wasn't much faith in that. Uh, to get here to church didn't take a lot of faith. Going to bed, we have pretty routine activities. So, so my question is, where, where do we exercise anything that would relate to supernatural faith today? And we would say things were pretty routine. In Joshua's life, there never was a routine day. There never was anything that he could get comfortable with. And none of the Israelis or our forefathers and the children of Israel There was nothing routine about their day. Their journey out of the wilderness, Moses, as it indicates, and Joshua 1 is dead. They've come out of the wilderness. They are no longer eating manna. Virtually it has stopped. And they're eating off the fruit of the land. And Joshua, of course, has come across the Jordan River by a miraculous act of faith. And as a result of that, God's calling on him and saying, now, here's the next project. Jordan was nothing. There is, there's Jericho. Joshua couldn't afford any mistakes. Do you know why? There was no backup leader. There was no second person in command. There was not another person that Joshua could say, hey, God, I know I'll give it all I've got, but if I don't make it, you know, you got so-and-so over here. There was no person to be able to do that. He was, get this now, the designated leader to fulfill the plan of God exactly as God declared it. You'd say, boy, that's a lot of responsibility. Many people that are in charge and in control, organizations or governments, et cetera, have an opportunity to exercise their will, exercise their plan. This is my plan. This is my platform. And I'm going to state that. But in Joshua's case, as in our case, God said, hey, I've got the plan. I'll give you the order. Now, here's your safety net. If you follow my order, if you pay attention to it, you will have great success. If you don't, here's what's going to happen. You are going to suffer, and those that are following you are going to suffer as well. Boy, you shouldered that responsibility. So why is it important for those of us in this room to say, okay, my daily activity is not necessarily living out a supernatural faith. It is what I call a lifestyle faith. Is God, I'm going, to, I'm going to live out my life every day, not as I will, but you will it, Father. I want to behave. I want to honor you. I want to sacrifice. I want to walk in the straight and narrow. God, I need that. And for that to happen, here's what Joshua did, and I recommend that that's what we do, and that is this. We embrace the anointing. Say that with me. Embrace the anointing. So Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for what? our enemies. Joshua was thinking in human terms. He was thinking, and it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Here's what he was thinking. It is by might, and it is by power, and the spirit has nothing to do with it. 
So he said, hey, whose side are you on? And that was the moment for the testing for Joshua. He no doubt thought, well, my clothes are not dry yet necessarily from coming across the Jordan. I've been in battle and coming through. I had to lead these people. Some of them are lagger. Some of them don't understand. Some of them murmur. Some of them, they do what they've always done out there in the wilderness. And I had to lead them. And now I'm looking at Jericho, the next opportunity that is there. And God, this is huge. And he watched as those waters of Jordan rolled back and the people crossed. He knew that it was important to honor God. The memorial stones were there. They camped a short distance from the city of Jericho. Here's what they did. They did a religious activity, one that they had not been able to do for years, and it was to enjoy the Passover. And they celebrated the Passover once over the Jordan River. It was the first time in years, and the manna had stopped. And Joshua is saying, boy, there's something new and strange taking place now. And he's reflecting on the task ahead. Here's what I think. If he says, are you for us or you are against us, he's thinking in what I call natural terms. He's thinking about the way any of us would think. God, how are we going to get a shortcut to take this city What kind of military? Matter of fact, we don't have a military. All the people that I've led have been on God food stamps, manna from above, quail, etc., from above. I don't have a military. And he stands and he looks at that city, and my friend, he is awestruck by what has to be done. Oh, he remembers what God told him. He remembers, Joshua, I'm going to be with you. He remembers the word of God. I'll never leave you. But you know what? We know all those scriptures. We know all those promises. But when we are faced with a supernatural need of faith, How do we manage it? He looked. He knew that they could not turn back. The city was fortified. It appears to be impossible. The walls are 18 feet thick. Wow. Joshua looks and sees a man with a drawn sword. Are you for us or against us? God, are you in this? I don't see you. I can't smell you. I can't touch you. I see a mighty warrior, a mighty soldier. Let me ask the question that my human head would ask, are you for us or against us? And the Bible says, Joshua 5, 14, that man said, neither. Neither is 
yard talk. Neither is lawn talk. It's neither, he replied. <laughs> but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. I don't know about you. There have been those moments in my life and I pray there'll be future moments in my life when I will face impossible tasks, impossible difficulties that in my mind's eye, I will declare I can't see any way over it. I don't know a shortcut around it and stand there and come to this conclusion. There's only one thing for me to do and that's to simply surrender and say, in the presence of Jehovah. God, I sense, I feel, I'm torn, I'm wrecked, I am messed up, I am scared, I am afraid, I'm shaking in my shoes, and I need you to reveal to me what it is you want me to do, and how in the world are we going to manage through this? We talk to people every day. Here at the church, individuals with marital breakups, individuals with financial challenges, individuals with kids, kids that are just unruly, stand flat-footed in front of their mom or dad at 13 years of age and tell their parent to shut up. Hello? Don't wait until they're 12 or 13 years of age to do something about that. Amen? Oh, Lord, that's a whole different deal. I'm not even going to go there. But I want to in a bad way. <laughs> this man represented the absolute presence of God. But he's not surrounded by 100,000 soldiers. He's not surrounded by a bunch of scuds. He's not surrounded by a bunch of jets, a bunch of artillery, a bunch of ammo. It's just him standing there with a drawn sword. Hallelujah. But oh, hallelujah. He represents the ruler of the universe and the creator. He represents the creator of mankind, and with his hand, he created the world into his existence, and he spoke it, and he stands there and says, I represent the presence of Almighty God. Listen carefully. When we come into a place like this, that's why church is so important. I love the fellowship, but when we start singing and we start moving in a service, we are welcoming in the presence of God and anything could possibly happen. And true worship is never about us. It's always about Him. Amen. Giving Him praise, giving Him honor, giving Him glory. He said... I want you to remember what I told you. 
Joshua and Joshua 1. No one's going to be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their forefathers to give them. I'm reminding you, this is my promise. I'm here to tell you tonight that we may look in the midst of culture that is disturbing. And you might be facing marital challenges. You might be facing a dreaded disease. You might be facing financial reverses. But let me tell you something. My God is not going to let you down. My God is not going to run from your problem. My God is not going to forsake you. My God is not going to point out your weaknesses and your failures. My God is not going to pull up your imperfect record. Here's what God's going to do. I gave promises to you, and if you stand on my word, I'll do my will in your life. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Hallelujah. Trusting him. And some of you are thinking, well, that didn't work. I went through all that. God didn't answer prayer. Well, let me just tell you a little yard talk. He ain't done yet. Amen. He ain't done yet. Hallelujah. He ain't done yet. Not even close to finish with you. I'm about to get excited here. Hallelujah. You see, Satan will never, ever lose an opportunity to create fear in your heart and challenge you in your life. And notice something else in this part of our message. The answer to Joshua's question as to whose side we was represented. The man said, nay, meaning I am neither. But listen, the battle would not be fought. What he meant, the battle is not fought by flesh and blood. The battle is fought by the divine intervention of the power of a mighty God. The soldier was saying, I don't have to be for anybody. I'm not choosing side for I am the Lord God Almighty. I have no side except the followers of my people. Listen to me, friend. Don't get nervous when the going gets tough. Hallelujah. This morning after the first service, I was thinking, God, hope our people respond to the videos. Some wonderful person who's a dear friend of mine and been a friend of mine. Wow, I can't believe. He said, admire, you gave your pulpit up for three weeks. I thought, yeah, we did. We do that ever so often because the message is so great. And I was going through all of that. You, you know how you do. You're thinking the process through. Wonder if about that time, a man walked up to me between the services and his old pastor. He said, listen, he's an individual that's only been coming for maybe 18 months. He said, I'll put a check in the mail tomorrow for $25,000. that will be my offering to that program. I just want to let you know it's on its way. I said, hallelujah, glory to God. When we were down and out, and we're getting ready to do some redos around here. But before we got to the tight place, and I mean construction costs went up, here's what happened. Hallelujah. One man stepped to the plate 
and said, hey, here I am. God has blessed me. This came through. This happened to sell. And I'm here to tell you, said, how do you want this written out? It was more than $1 million that helped us finish that outside. Listen to me, friend. The God that I serve is saying sometimes you hit rough spots in order to understand what the supernatural power of God is able to do. There is a presence that surrounds you and never forget it. Never, ever forget it. Oh, I've got something I'm going to tell you right now, but i got to wait till next week. I mean, God showed up this past week. I can't tell you it was a miracle. Isn't that right, Dan? It was a miracle of all miracles. Hallelujah. I thought, God, you created an emergency. You created a situation that I grumbled about. But in the midst of my grumbling, I continued forward in the process. And God gave a dynamic miracle that only God was able to do. I'm here to, I cannot tell you, but I'm going to tell you on Sunday morning, Fred. Hallelujah. Brother Dobbs, we believe in miracles, don't we? Brother Jasso, we believe in miracles, don't we? Brother Barrow, we believe in miracles, don't we? Brother Roth, we believe in miracles. Somebody shake your head over there. We believe in miracles, friend. All these gods have been with us through the thick and the thin and the down and the out. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Brother Fidelke, isn't God good? Amen. Hallelujah. Here's what I'm telling you, friend. The power of God and his presence is still real. We kidded Jeff before coming out tonight. Dan was kidding with him. He always likes to kid and aggravate people. He said something like this. The power of God failed, Jeff. Would you take off running? Now, if you're not raised in Pentecost, you don't know what that means. But one of the reasons as a kid, I went to church. <laughs> one of the reasons I went to, well, the main reason is I couldn't stay home because my mom and dad did not give me an option to go. It wasn't like, honey, do you feel like you need to go to church? Oh, no, get ready now. And as a result of that, being told what to do at an early age, I'm confused about everything. I can't hardly make a decision on my own. That's why God gave me Sharon. But at any rate, hey, doll, how are you doing? God bless you. Amen. But it was to see him run. And old brother Brightwell, he didn't disappoint you. Imagine you're a 10 year old. We didn't run to children's church. There was a far more going on in the regular church. You'd watch old brother Brightwell over there. He was an individual that was an alcoholic and stone most of his younger life. But his wife prayed, his kids prayed. But when God saved him, let me tell you, friend, he gave him a good dose of salvation. And old brother Brightwell, normally he was really quiet. 
And I mean, very seldom said anything. If you're going to shake his hand, you had to put yours out. But buddy, when the spirit of God began to move, I'd sit there and watch him and I'd think, go ahead, go ahead, brother go ahead. He had, he put that hand up and that hand, it go to shaking and I'd say, go ahead, go ahead. Cause I knew when it hit him just right, he's going to get up and he was about six foot one or two and he's going to take off down the aisles. I used to thought, God, he's not going to make the turn at the front. He's going to hit the wall on the platform. He, he never did, but he never opened his eyes either. That was the crazy thing. He just, had, he just knew. Well, you know what? So Dan asked Jeff. <laughs> if the Spirit moves on you, would you run? <laughs> if you want to know the answer, just ask Jeff after church. He'll be on the run when this service is over. <laughs> what is my point? The Spirit of God reacts in us in different ways. He said, I'm, I'm neither. David in the Psalms, Psalm 16, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasure at your right hand. The presence of God is in the midst of us when we hear what he has to say. Secondly, execute the plan. Execute the plan. Joshua 5, 14, then Joshua fell face down. This is important to the ground in reverence and ask him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? He's a young leader. He's a little bit cocky. He's enjoyed success from the beginning. He's wrestling with his situation and his challenge. And the man who appeared by virtue of his appearance demanded a response. Joshua did two significant acts. When you, we're going to Israel. Here's one thing I didn't tell the 110 or 11 that are going a few minutes ago. When you get there, I promise you, you will feel the presence of Jehovah. You might say, uh-uh, let me tell you, that land belongs Everything belongs to God, but that land is the homeland of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But I'm asking you in those moments, it says he fell to the earth and humbled himself. And God would not permit Israel to invade Jericho. What did he do? He said, I want every man, these are grown men, just came out of the wilderness I want every man to be circumcised. Ouch. That was a symbol of humility and sanctification. 
And it was a sign of covenant relationship. God ain't saying, if I'm going to give you this city, I want honor, I want sanctification, I want humility, and I want a covenant relationship. You see, that's why when you need the supernatural miracle to come, that when you get ready for that to take place, you have walked in humility, you have walked a holy and sanctified life. You have walked in a way that is with a covenant relationship with God. Nobody has to follow you around with a pencil and paper just checking out all the things that you've done wrong because the fact of the matter is you wake up every day and say, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to walk circumspectly before God. I'm going to honor you. I'm not taking a shortcut. I'm going to be in prayer and we're going to believe God. And he fell on his face on the ground in the presence of that representative of Almighty God. And then he cried out for instruction. When he called for instruction, he acknowledged his own inability. He cried and asked, what message do you have for me? What is it that I need to do? I need to hear from you. And if we get to that place in our lives, God will speak to us because I believe God has a message for us every day, and he's giving you one right here, right now. How often do we desire God to meet us in our challenge? How often do we want him to move our mountain? How often do we want to declare our faith? But here's the issue, is have we prepared ourselves for the divine anointing of the presence of the supernatural to do what man cannot do. There are telltale signs for individuals in the way that they respond and live when they become indifferent and maybe lukewarm that when God speaks like messages right now, they rationalize the means of God speaking to them. That's well, not for me. Or some say, okay, God, if it's you and you want me to do that, you require a supernatural sign. A sign. Listen, there is no sign that supersedes the word of God to you in your life. We begin to distance, that individual distance himself from the presence of God. They begin to distance themselves from the people and the church of God. They become cynical and criticize the move of God. They allow the anger to build and they retreat from within away from God. And I've seen it over and over and over. God wanted Joshua to respond to his representation of his presence. And Joshua wanted God to, to be still and recognize the need that he had. Here was Joshua. He's down and he says, speak to me and give me instruction. And then when that happens, watch for God's presence. 
Joshua 5.15, the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. We get our worship team, come on back up. The man is identified as the captain of the Lord's host. If you notice what he said and you notice when he said it, he said, loose the shoe from your foot from where you stand. When he appeared to Joshua, he did not say that at the beginning. He said it at the end. He said it after Joshua has fallen on his face before him. He said it after Joshua recognizes his own inadequacies and he says, I need you to talk to me. Listen, friend, you don't get to choose when you're going to show up for worship. You get to worship. You don't get to choose whether or not you're going to behave. And you know what I'm talking about. If you're living for God, it just ought to be automatic. This is what we do, thus saith the Lord. If my parents had said to me as a kid, hey, do you want to go to church? You know what I would have told them? Nope. I really don't want to go. But my dad and mom said, you don't have that choice. Because my dad made a commitment. He was not a Christian early on. It's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. And whatever it takes. We got six kids in this family that's going to need feeding. We got a little small business here that needs God's favor and his blessing. We have another business. And so, God, I'm not smart enough, big enough, and strong enough to be able to handle all the pressure here. So it's for me and my house. We're going where the presence of the Lord is. And we find it in the house of God. And we know that he resides in us. But he also said that to Moses. He said to Moses in Exodus 3, 5, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And when you are standing on holy ground, it doesn't matter how many soldiers the devil has. Doesn't matter how thick the walls are. Doesn't matter how critical the report for the medical report is. It doesn't matter how much agony you've gone through in relationships. Hallelujah. You can be arrested in his presence. Would you worship with us right now as we sing this song together, everybody? Here we go. Just worship him. Would you do that? Come on down, friend. Now's the time. The Holy Ghost is moving. Amen. Just come on down right now. Oh, Jesus now. Oh, Jesus now. 
come on now, Hallelujah. Raise your hand, friend. Let's let God have his way for a moment. We're standing. We're standing. I know I know there are a lot of people watching online who need a miracle from God I know one is watching and they're going to have surgery this Wednesday to block a nerve in their neck I know that Sam and Teresa are watching and I know Sam absolutely needs a miracle I know there's someone here that their marriage is broken and they need a miracle from God I know there are some that financially are hanging on by a thread and when they look at the balance in their checkbook in which they have already reduced as many expenditures as they can there might be five dollars in the account which causes you to have great record-keeping if that's all there is and I know they're saying, but God, you promised. I know that some of you may have children that are just out of sorts with God in his church. But I'm here to tell you, they're not out of sorts with the man who is the man who is able to touch them supernaturally and stand in their presence right now and require accountability and speak to them I believe that there are miracles that we can pray for so I'm going to ask you right now to just raise your hands and call out to God I mean call out just call whatever that need is 
call out to God, would you? Come on and pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we pray together, we are not ashamed to lift our voices in prayer in the house of God. Father, we will not allow the enemy to come to rob and to steal some of our young people and some of our individuals today that he has told them a lie and they are believing that lie. He has given them an untruth and they are going with that. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, let strong conviction with the power of truth begin to overtake them and bring them to their senses by the grace of God. I'm counting on that. I pray for those that are not well and sick unto death in their bodies, God. I just call it like it is. You have the power to go in and move and give a divine touch of your healing and bring to pass, hallelujah, that which only God can do. We drive back cancer. We drive back every disease foreign to good health, Father. We pray in your name, the name of Jesus right now. You stand before us and you call us out and we say, here am I, Lord. Speak to us by your power, your wisdom and your anointing. Now this week, I pray you give us wisdom and guidance. And as we come to cast vision next week, let our hearts be real. We thank you for in your presence now and we claim it and believe it. In Jesus' name, sing with us and just worship him a few more minutes. Here we go. can sing another one is that right and it's what I'd like to do I'd like for you to fellowship don't rush out the door unless you have to go to the bathroom then go but wouldn't it be nice if someone other than those who know you some other people got to know you Wouldn't it be nice if they knew your name 
since we're going to worship together and trust God together. Wouldn't it be wonderful, those of you in the back, I see y'all. There's somebody up front got to know you guys. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? So as we worship, just take your time. And when you get fed up and you say, I've had enough, well, then get out of here. Is that a good deal? Bless everybody. Amen. There you go. Here I am to merge. Here I am to bow. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together. 